LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hey, this is Todd. Do not skip forward. Okay. What I'm about to share is something super important. We are offering Blueprint Coaching. What is it? Well, it's not a conference. I'll tell you that. It's two days of intensive walking through whatever dream you bring to the table and us helping you process how to implement that dream. We walk through hands-on practical training in a small group setting to make sure that you walk out with a plan. We're calling that Blueprint Coaching and it's new and we're capping this event at 300. So if you need to lead change, but you're not really sure where to start, make sure you join us in Orange County on March 14th and 15th. Just go to lifeway.leadership.com slash events to learn more or text blueprint to 888-111. You're listening to the five leadership questions podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins, and I'm here today with Daniel M. Hello. Hello. That never gets old. It doesn't. It doesn't. No, I have I think, like the deep voice. Hello, hello. I think people got tired of uh, when before other people would introduce and they would say Todd Atkins and I would. What? Yeah, I mean, especially because this now this is the three hundred and first episode. I know it's of crazy. Q and new churches were out like three hundred fifty or something like that. Yeah, getting up there. So yeah, if you ever want to hear the what, just go back if over. You ever miss that? Yeah, <laughs> just. Some people do, Daniel. Yeah, I, uh, I don't think so. Hey, I get letters, okay? <laughs> yeah, stamps, and handwriting. All right. Well, today we have a very special guest, Rich Clark. Now, this is kind of getting closer to Christmas. I know you're probably listening to a lot of Christmas Are music. Are you going to make a Clark joke? <laughs> no. What kind of Clark joke would there be? Well, Christmas, then what classic movie comes to mind with when you think of Clark? Uh, I, I think Elf name. when I think Christmas. <laughs> Christmas Vacation. Superman? Yeah. Are you thinking yeah. of Superman? Clark. There he is. There he is, popping in on Superman. That's Rich Clark. So Rich <laughs> Clark, uh, we're, we're going to get into the questions. Our five traditional, I don't, know, I don't even know if I want to call them traditional, but our five leadership questions. questions. But before we do that, Rich is the host of the new podcast from Christianity Today and the Christian Standard Bible called Living Ineffective. So as Rich gets into it, you're probably going to remember or recognize his voice uh, because they you've probably heard about them if you've listened to the other episodes on this month. So thanks for being with us, Rich. Yeah, thanks for having me. And congrats on 300 episodes. That's pretty awesome. It's crazy. All right, first question. Yeah. Well, we're getting right into it, huh? Yeah, we are. <laughs> Dang. I was not strapped in. Don't mess with me, Clark. All business. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after your last name, too, if that's okay. I'm one of those kind of guys. Okay. Uh, it's a term of endearment and affection if I start calling you by your Not last name. unless he thinks it is. Just, no, I think of it as a little bit of a standoffish, like, distance thing. Really? Like, I'm trying to keep my distance from you, so I'll call you Clark. Okay. Whatever works for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you going to call him? It's going to be Rich or Clark. We'll see. We're setting the tone here. We'll see. Buddy's good. Just call me Buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy. Who are you learning from? That's the first question. Who am Who I learning what from? are you learning from? Yeah. So I've, I've got two answers. Is that okay? Sure. Um, so the Whatever first, want, I just, I, I sort of like tried to work my way out of saying this because it seems so cheesy and obvious, but I am learning from my wife 
quite a bit these days. Um, good answer. One of the things good answer. That, <laughs> thanks. Um, and I'm not just saying this so I don't get in trouble. The um, hey, you're the reality, super smart, man. You're going into Christmas break. Play uh-huh. this for her. You've got right. time off that you're spending extra time with your wife. Buttering That's her up. True. That's good. This is good, man. So the reality, I mean, this is true because my wife is a very intentional person. And one of the themes I think you'll find as we talk further is I'm not a very intentional or, or really very like disciplined person by nature. And so one of the things that Jennifer is really good at doing is like uh, putting up structures and, and establishing traditions and rituals and routines for me and the kids mm. um, and the family that that I can kind of click into and um, exist within. And I've learned so much from that, not just like how to be a part of that, but how to do that for myself. Um, and she's always like recognizing like, or, or let's just say suggesting different routines and structures that I should be doing, which I find really valuable. See, that's, um, that's, that's great, Rich, because... Now, I mean, we're going to get into a question later on talking about what leadership in your home Mm -hmm. looks like. But there are marriages where it's like, hey, the husband and the wife aren't learning from each other. (laughs) Right? And it's this posture of, yeah, you're going to suggest something, but I'm going to hear that as nagging. And I'm not going right. to listen to that. So that's that's uh, that's that's a really good thing to have where you can have that back and forth between you and your wife. We talk all the time about how hard it is to hear something from the person closest to you and how you have to often like hear something from a close friend and it's the same thing. You know what I mean? Like it'll mm-hmm. be the same thing. And then you'll be like, hey, I just had a great idea. And your wife will be like, yeah, I said that like 14 times. I, I'm trying to, I don't know if this is possible, but I, I'm trying to get to a place where I'm skipping that step <laughs> of having to hear it from someone else. And I'm actually considering the things she's telling me. That's good. That's, That's good. good. What was the second one? So the second one is um, honestly, not to plug the show too much, but um, I, I'm learning from the guests on Living and Effective and just really any podcast I've ever done. I love interviewing people. Interviewing is probably, I don't know, that one of the things I love doing most. And one of the reasons because is because it's really um, fun to me to like, explore the ideas of another person from their perspective. And one of the things I found happening over and over and over again with Living Effective was talking to someone like the BD Anya Buile, going in with a, a preconceived notion of what they were going to say, and then being sort of like sidelined with a whole other thing that, you know, you know, a good idea kind of feels obvious, but you just didn't know it before. So mm. it obviously wasn't. And so, um, those to me, that's like one of the things that stuck out to me. Like these people that I'm talking to um, about their area of expertise or experiences are really like they make a big um, impact, not just on like my breadth of knowledge, which is not much, but also just like my my life. You know, um, I was talking to Thabiti um, on the first episode. I think. I was kind of like, all of a sudden I just realized, oh, like, why am I making this story about like me? You know, why, why do am I making this a story about like people like me and, and, and that sort of thing. And I think, um, you know, that stuck with me. Like we don't have to be the center of the story that God is writing. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, that really influenced the rest of the season. And also, just influenced like my everyday life as I struggled to see myself 
in any given narrative that was taking place, you know, outside in uh, in the world. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's it's been it's cool that we get to talk because as I've been enjoying the podcast, I've I've just been curious how much time. I mean, when you're when you're doing all the interviews that you're doing for each episode, I mean, yeah. how how That's long is each interview? Because you're not only using a few snippets <laughs> of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the most painful part is like every interview is at least, I would say an hour. There are a couple that are less than an hour, but most of them go into an hour and then stretch beyond that because there's just so much to cover. And honestly, in, in an effort to make the show exactly what I talked about, like a learning experience for me. (laughs) And then also, um, for the audience to have that like authentic feel of a learning experience. I'm going into these interviews with a very real blank slate. Like I have an idea of what I think could be the agenda, but then I'm usually like very quickly abandon it because, Mm. um, because of something that is said or whatever. And so, yeah, most of those interviews usually last like an hour, hour and 15 minutes, something like that. That's crazy. That's crazy. But that's what a great opportunity to be learning, to be learning Mm -hmm. from all those, uh, from all the different leaders and and on, on these different topics. So let's get into actually before the second question, what's, what's been your favorite episode so far on, on living and effective? I'm curious. Uh, probably, you know, so far, I would say, I would say the civil rights episode, okay, yeah. um, the divided church, I think is what it's called. Um, that one to me, I mean, you can, there's a part in the episode where it hits relatively close to home in terms of like, there's some stuff about CT's role, um, in the civil rights movement. And then this, this concept of very mundane sort of, uh, failure, leadership failures, right? Like, um, there's a, there's a moment in, uh, that episode where, where, uh, Carl Henry just like fails to take an action essentially. Mm -hmm. And as a result, it has huge implications, um, for the evangelical church, at least the way I read it, it does. Um, now you can make arguments. I mean, who knows like what if blah, 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 but, um, you kind of, you kind of get a sense of what, uh, general ambivalence about things can can do for an entire movement, even um, based on you know just the choices we make. So that was uh, striking to me. But also, get it, the flip is true too, right? Like small actions can make big positive differences as well. So that's good. Yeah, that was interesting to me. And also, just the stuff about Martin Luther King in there that Micah Edmondson talks about, I just didn't know, and it was like really, really encouraging to me and my faith. Yeah, I mean, every episode, it's like you you hit the topic or you hit the episode and you're you're going into it and and I'm I'm thinking, oh, this is what I know about or this is probably what it's going to talk about and and it's yep. always been cool to see just how much I don't know <laughs> about each yeah. episode. That's so. great to hear because that's the feeling I have too when I start them. That's good. <laughs> you know, I kind of have the feeling like I'm going to tell this story and it's I'm kind of nervous it's going to be boring, but we'll try to make it, make it interesting. Yeah. And by the end, I'm no, like, whoa, great. okay, no, there's. <laughs> Very interesting angle here. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So the second question we have for you is all about what you're emphasizing uh, for yourself or, or in leadership or for your team right now. What is that main point of emphasis? Yeah. Um, so my, basically what I'm thinking about is collaboration. I My job has a lot to do with collaboration. 
Um, I do improvisation like in my spare time, um, improv comedy type stuff oh, in really? my spare time. Yeah. Like <laughs> so that's line is, is it anyway kind of improv? <laughs> it, 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 well, it's, it's like, there's two kinds of in- improv. There's short form and long form and whose line is short form, which is like game me. And then there's long form, which is like having a relationship and building a story and that sort of thing. So I do the second thing. I do the long form stuff, oh, um, awesome. which is just my way of like being really snobby <laughs> about what kind of improv I do. But um, yeah, that's a very collaborative art form. And then like, as I alluded to earlier, even in family life, like I'm really interested um, not just in like working together with people, but figuring out the who is good at what and what are some ways we can appreciate one another's gifts and even to some degree, uh, each other's flaws. So the more I work with people, the more and with myself, the more I learn that uh, our flaws are double-edged swords and swords and our gifts are double-edged swords too. And so like um, just learning to treat those with grace and mm. appreciation has been a, a huge deal for me um, lately. Yeah. I mean, unpack that a little bit more for us. Getting to know people on a sort of personal level yeah. well enough to understand like they're going to be way better at catching what's wrong about this, right? Like, so as I'm writing a script, I'm good at the humanity portion of it, or I'm good at just sort of getting the vision on paper. And then, um, and then someone else is good at like saying, well, watch out for this, watch out for like watchdogging basically. Mm. And my initial reaction often has been to, in the past has been to like be frustrated at that. Like they're holding me back, but there's actually ways in which (laughs) those two people can work together. Like the positive optimist, realist guy can work with the sort of cynical realist. Um, and I, I think, which I think is an unfair term for that other person, but I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but so, you know, those sort of things like collaborating with people and, and actively receiving uh, their personality as a gift to you and what you don't bring to the table, like what they bring to the table sort of complements that um, in some ways, like really helps me uh, to work more effectively. Yeah. Well, I mean, how do you, how do you remind yourself to see them that way? Is there, is it just over time you've realized the benefit of uh, letting other people have that influence and and voice or, or is there something you practically proactively do? I think that grace has a lot to do with it. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that there's this idea that God not only has gifted us, uh, with things, but that, God shows us grace when our gifts are sort of used haphazardly or, or badly. And I, I think trying to sort of reckon with the grace of God and the grace of Jesus Christ and try and inter, inter, sort of interact with people on the same level, um, a lot of times like just accepting people's um, quirks and the, the more frustrating tendencies it can almost like looking at those things with grace can almost alter completely your approach to them, which is to say, if someone is doing something that annoys you, probably the reason it's annoying you is because it's sanctifying you in some way or it's correcting you in some way. Right. I don't like looking at it like that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. It's super annoying at first, (laughs) but I, I think it, it helps, it helps the relationship to be a little more gracious and appreciative, you know? Um, and yeah. 
I was put into Daniel's life by God to <laughs> sanctify him. That's what he's thinking right now. And Todd does a really good job sanctifying all our, our, I all our lives, do. too. Our whole team <laughs> and my family. I work really We're hard. We're all sanctifying each other. Oh, for sure. For yep. sure. I do think that's interesting, though, um, because, you know, a lot of times if, if you are working with somebody that annoys you that badly, then mm -hmm. part of the part of the issue is you have to ask yourself first, what's your problem? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because often it's going to be something that you are lacking um, insight into or it's a posture issue uh, within your heart. And sometimes it's even superficial. I mean, it's like. I don't like the way that person does X or they're, they have this habit that I don't like or whatever it is. Um, yeah. It's that superficial and that ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, totally. other people exactly. have this problem, yeah. not me, but. And distinguishing between that, like if, is this a superficial thing or is this deeper? And I'm not, I don't want to like white, like whitewash this. I think there are definitely moments where people are just being jerks. Right. And <laughs> you have to kind of protect yourself from that. I mean, uh, but but even then, I think it helps to be able to see like one of the reasons they're, you know, one of the reasons they're being that way might to have like some creative speculation about what, what could be causing them to feel that way. And then how, how can we uh, help with that? You know, um, is there something, these are human beings. I think we often forget that when we work with people. I, d I definitely do. <laughs> but th a lot of times, like, th the people we work with are human people with a lot of human traits and flaws and characteristics. And, uh, you know, I've also been thinking a lot about mental and emotional health. And I think a lot of us uh, do things that make no apparent sense um, for really deep reasons. And it's just helpful to go, you know, I'm sure there's a reason, <laughs> you know, that, to me, it's that's true. just been really helpful yeah. in terms of interacting with people who are having hard days. I mean, you'll, you'll have, a, someone will have a bad day and then it'll make you have a bad day and that can be a whole thing, but just stepping back and getting some perspective and going, you know, again, I'm not the center of this story and this person, uh, you know, I just clearly don't understand what's going on here. That's really good. All right. So other than reading the Bible, Mm. what is one or two things that you have to do every day to, to lead well? I'm glad you said one or two because I had three and one of them was reading the Bible. <laughs> nice one, Clark. Um, <laughs> so uh, dinner with my family is a big one. Um, this is These are going to feel el elementary to people, but like I think this is this is not something I grew up doing necessarily. Well, I grew up doing it a little bit, but it's just something I got out of the habit of. But, um, you know, eating dinner with my family and talking about stuff in front of my three-year-old son and then talking and engaging with my three-year-old son in really intentional ways um, has just been good for everyone involved. It's amazing like how that pays off. And then also after like doing something fun with him blowing off steam that sort of thing um so that's a big one the other one is uh a little like kind of the opposite which is some like personal decompression time like i feel like so much of my job feels really high stakes maybe that's just my personality like I, things are very weighty to me <laughs> um 
And so when I come home, you know, uh, the other thing that's hard is like Jennifer and I have a lot of the same interests and hobbies and we talk about like literally Jennifer, it, she, Jennifer gets a special thanks in the podcast because she <laughs> listens to and critiques everyone and actually is a big part of why that, that podcast is so good. So when, uh, so when I get home, we often will have like dinner time will be comprised of a lot of deep, <laughs> heavy conversations about mm-hmm. work and just also life. So eventually I actually do have to like go downstairs by myself <laughs> and just like watch something stupid or safe feeling on TV and like um, not do anything that is heavy, you know? Um, oh, totally. So I've, yeah, I find that to be really important for me on a day-to-day basis. So, so is that usually just watching or, or it's watching or I play video games sometimes. Yeah, okay. What um, kind of video games do you play? I've been playing, I've been on Fortnite for a while now. I also nice. have been playing a game called dead cells. Uh, this is all switch stuff. Um, switch is like the ultimate dad video game. Nintendo so, switch. Yeah. Oh man. I've just played. cause like you yeah. can just, stop playing it at any moment and put it down and pay attention to your kid, which is a really important thing to be able to do. In my house, uh, everybody thinks the Wii is the latest, greatest. Uh, <laughs> do, you have a, do you have a Wii U or original no, Wii? original Wii, man. Okay. Yeah. Original That's Wii. How we That's live. awesome. And we uh, just introduced them to all the classic Nintendo games. Love it. And they're, That's perfect. They're, you know, blowing through Super Mario 1, 2, and 3 right now. That's great. See me, I'm just like waiting for my son to get old enough to play Smash Brothers or something ridiculous. <laughs> How old is he? He's three. Okay. So he's not he's okay. not really there yet. Well, you know, <laughs> he's I, almost there, man. I'm telling you. When I, they're five, they're it's it's Mario Kart. Um mm-hmm. when my son first met Daniel, they played Mario Kart and, and so Daniel's a celebrity in my house. <laughs> uh and, oh, man. and and yeah, as my son has grown, uh, his skills have grown and he constantly, any game, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be yeah. Mario Kart now. Any game he's playing, it's, uh, I want to, uh, can Mr. Daniel come over? Do you know if he knows how to play this game? Do you know? Uh, I would really like to Man, verse I love, him. I love and- Man, so I was at Target with my family and, and the girls were shopping. Well, my, my girls and Christina were shopping. And so Macarios and I, he's four. Uh, we went over to the Switch, <laughs> the video game place, and we were just playing mm-hmm. Mario Kart on the Switch. And he was really good. I was like, how is he doing this? <laughs> he has my genes. That's awesome. <laughs> That's what it is. All right, so let's switch to that, Rich. Uh, what what does leadership in your home look like? Yeah, so I, I, I think I lean towards like casting and articulating vision. So that's what, that's what I'm trying to do when I'm leading my home, right? Like, um, one of the things I just feel like I'm, I can be good at is having a vision. One of the things I struggle at is articulating it Mm. (laughs) and, and showing it to other people. Um, so I've been trying to learn how to do that a little better and just, you know, those conversations with, with Jennifer are really important for that. I think, Um, even, even talking to Atticus, like I will notice that if I can manage to articulate for my three-year-old son, the vision behind everything I'm telling him he has to do because I said so, um, that can be a lot more effective than just because I said so. Mm. In fact, because I said so is like the worst (laughs) possible. (laughs) Totally. 
It just practically doesn't work. Um, it usually backfires. So and this um, laziness, yeah. Too, so, right? Yes, yeah. Um, really Jennifer is so <laughs> Jennifer is so skilled at um, putting into practice those things, and so good at like fishing out, like perfecting the vision that I really rely on her for those things. But I've been trying to like suggest methods more often that kind of thing. One of the things that um, we have started doing, you know, the older you get, the more you realize you need help. I know this is like, I'm saying a lot of cliches on this podcast, but um, you know, I'm 30 something. So I feel like this is the the decade where you start realizing that everyone older than you was actually <laughs> right about things. Um, That's good. So one of the things that I've learned is like, it takes a lot of intentionality and work to keep your marriage um, healthy. And and you also like aren't able to do that on your own with your own knowledge. Mm. So we've actually, like one of the things I um, thought was really cool was this app um, called Lasting, um, which is this app that's developed by, I think a Christian, some Christian people. Uh, I read, I saw an article about it somewhere. I don't remember who it was, but um, it's basically just like, couples counseling in an app, but of course you can't, they can't say that. (laughs) And it's also not right. It's very different, but it's sort of like a series of like, it's like a series of lessons or sessions that you go through and you, it'll ask you answers and you'll compare answers with your spouse and you'll talk through them. Um, Our first time using that app, just word to the warn, a warning to the wise, whatever, a warning for you. Um, The first time we did it, we, went through sort of like a basic assessment test of your marriage. Like, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about this? And our answers were so dramatically different. It was, it resulted in a series of genuinely like nuclear arguments. So that first session that is sounds a, great, Clark. a bummer. <laughs> Everyone should die. A real bummer. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Merry but Christmas. After that, God bless us After that, like that really spurred us on to a lot of really important conversations that we had been avoiding, right? And then um, we ended up like we've been, we sort of like bounced off it for a while and we went back to it. We actually paid for it this time and we went past the basic stuff. And we've, we were like joking today because I was like, remember when we did it that first time and we just had so many arguments because we're like, we kind of come out on the same level this time. Like we have general agreement about where we are, which is really nice. Um, and shows some, like you can see, you can see some growth there, which I like a lot. I really love like easy, uh, frictionless ways to accomplish big goals like that, you know? Um, so yeah, that's part of how I lead, I guess. That's awesome. I downloaded the app, The Knot. They're the ones that made it. Oh, are they really? I didn't realize The Knot did that. Yeah. Man. Cool. It's a really well done thing. That's cool. People should check it out. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm a little afraid of doing the assessment though, but I know. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Uh, wait till after Christmas. Prepare yourself. Guys. Wait till Get, after. Make sure you have plenty of time. It's not in a busy season. <laughs> yeah, it's true. All right. All right. Uh, so question five, what would you tell your 20-year-old self about preparing to lead? Mm, what would I tell my 20-year-old self? I think the biggest thing would be to manage expectations. Um, I, 
I can get ahead of myself. I can get carried away. I can expect big things of the work that I do. And I can expect my work to be better than it turns out to be. So um, the, the hardest thing for me has been to learn to trust God with flawed work um, that I have or less than successful work. Or um, I know I'm really selling myself here. <laughs> but um, but honestly, like just learning to... I get, I get really big expectations. And then when they don't, when they, when stuff doesn't live up to those expectations, it really, really can mess with my, uh, you know, just my state of mind for a while. So, um, trying to sort of like be tentative about that, trying to, um, leave it, leave it to God, basically, you know, I mean, that stuff that, uh, I remember I interviewed Andrew Peterson one time and he said he doesn't look at, he doesn't look at um, his record sales. Like he has no idea how his record sales are doing. And mm. I'm, I'm not, I'm not there. <laughs> I don't think I ever will be, but um, cause it was like uh, concrete results are really important to me. But yeah. um, I do like the idea of not, of just, you know, at some point you have to just go, all right, this is what it is. And so God wanted it this way, <laughs> you know, mm. um, this is, this is where, this is where things are. And I'm, I don't have to succeed every time. And then, you know, learning what was, what was the takeaway here? What, what have I benefited from this and what have others gotten from this? And just really zeroing in on that and letting that be enough, you know? That's really hard to do. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I would tell myself to do that. And then myself would call me a hypocrite immediately. And I would say, yeah, you're right. And it's one of those things that we just got to keep on. I mean, it's that's, I mean, that's part of it, right? Running the race of faith with perseverance. We, there's not this mm -hmm. destination we get to on this side of eternity. Spiritual maturity is that direction we're moving in. Yeah, totally. So Rich, this month on our podcast and on all the other podcasts on the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network, we've been talking about and, and promoting your podcast. So, uh, I mean, what, what would you want our listeners to know about your podcast? Um, I would want them to know that it is, um, it's meant to encourage, encourage you in your faith. Um, it deals with some really hard subjects. It goes there in terms of, you know, the Bible doesn't um, work in the way that we might want it to all the times, but it does work. It always works. It's always effective. And I honestly came away from working on this uh, project with a very uh, built my, with my faith built up and, with a sense that God is actually working in the world and, and, and really being able to see ways in which he, he is, you know, sometimes the ways that God works is a mystery. Um, and sometimes he gives us glimpses of what he's doing. And one of the things I'm really proud about this podcast is that, um, you know, we are able to sort of like pull back the veil on some, some ways in which God was working. Um, when honestly it feels like he was absent, you know, mm. I think for a lot of people during wow. times of slavery, during times of um, the civil rights movement, and um, even during like, I mean, we have an episode coming up about Bonhoeffer. So during <clears throat> the, you know, uh, World War II, 
you know, it's just hard. It's just hard on face value to make a case that the Bible's doing anything. Mm. Um, but it is, you know, it just is. And so uh, I would, yeah, that would be the thing. Really uh, I, I don't want people to get the sense this is like a Debbie Downer. Um, this is a very encouraging podcast that I hope is gritty and real um, and feels honest. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time and putting the time into such a great podcast like this in giving uh, most of our, uh, I mean, everyone listening to this, it's like, hey, if you don't know a biblical perspective on Bonhoeffer or on the civil rights movement or on, you've done so much research into each episode and, and it's, it's just so well produced. Yes. Very well done. Thanks so much. I mean, uh, yeah, obviously the, the a lot of the production, other people, I got to give a shout out to Cray. He's great. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, thank you very much. Awesome. Awesome. Don't forget if you're looking for a new podcast or, well, let me just recommend one anyway. You have to check out Making Disciples. They're part of our network. Making Disciples is hosted by Chris Swain and Robbie Gallaty, and it will really help you. Discipleship is something that we talk about all the time, and we think we've talked about it in Ignosium, but I'm telling you, you need to listen to these guys. They really know what they're talking about, and they're going to have fresh, new perspective every single week. So check that out. Thanks for listening, guys.